Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the Sunday night version of Armor Investing. This is a virtual hedge fund experience. You've just sat down at our trading desk. We're going to get ourselves ready for Monday and for the week ahead when it comes to investing in the stock market. What we do here is we follow three distinct styles, put them all together into our virtual hedge fund and run money as a team on the desk all day. Uh, live. And so this is a bit of a look into how we get ourselves prepared and how we traded last week and what we're going to be trading um, this week. So we're going to look at um, stocks that we're buying, stocks that are in focus on our desk, and stocks to watch. Those are three different categories for us. Um, We manage money in three separate ways. Okay. So we're day trading, we're swing trading, and we're investing. We're going to go over all three of those styles that make up our virtual hedge fund. Um, You take this information as the portfolio manager on the desk and make it your own. So I'm not telling you what to do. I wouldn't possibly be able to do that. I don't know you. So I ask every uh, portfolio manager who sits down with me either on Sunday night or four o'clock every afternoon during the week when I share with you the number one stock to buy on our desk, um, take the information and make it your own based on your risk tolerance, your goals, and the type of fund you're trying to manage. This is designed tonight and all of these nights uh, for individuals such as yourself who are self-directing an equity portfolio, looking for information so that you can execute correctly, looking for a strategy to help you um, make it through the tough waters and capture upside when you can. That's what we're doing here. So, Without further ado, we're going to dive right in to our day trade, our swing trade, our investing strategies. And at the end, um, after some opening remarks, I'm happy to take on questions. So feel free to fill up the um, comment section uh, of the board as I go. So let's go first big picture it. Um, I like to look at the big indexes. You know, we have the risk monitor tells us macro direction. When do we want to commit capital? When do we want to take it out? We try to avoid on this desk what the noise is around you. Um, And as you self-direct your portfolio and you're looking for stocks to buy or when to buy, the object is not to predict what's happening in the future, but to read and react to what's happening right now. So we use our risk monitor, which follows the top nine indexes we believe gives us the entire picture of the market. When we see confluence through those nine, Risk monitors green or red, depending on the direction of that confluence. Right now, it's green. It's been green for a while. And the number one chart on the desk on Sunday night, I'm going to reveal it to you right now. The reason I'm doing this at 7 o'clock at night is because we can watch what's going on in the futures market that opened at 6, see if it has any impact on how we want to get ready for next week. So far, it doesn't. It's kind of like a flat um, Sunday, which is great. Dow component Chevron announced earnings. Looks like a pretty decent number, better than expected. And that leads me to my number one chart right now as I stare at the market. We look at nine indexes to make up our risk monitor. And the number one chart on the desk right now has to be the Dow. Okay. So what you have here is DIA, which is you know ETF of the Dow. We use nine uh, ETFs to track the market. Okay, right back in here, right in here, we were getting long the market. So to be clear, the risk monitor went green right there. Okay, we've had a wonderful run in the market. And what I want to submit to you is that it's just beginning based on price action, not based on my prediction, based on price action, look at the weekly chart of the Dow. That is an unbelievable pennant breakout for an index the size of the Dow, complete with a one, two, three, four, five-week consolidation and a breakout last week. 
You could use the low of last week as a stop, and you could be long the Dow right now for what should be a surge to catch up to the NASDAQ. Okay? NASDAQ is, you know, just complete nosebleed straight on up here. Don't forget a couple of big earnings announcements this week coming up. So we had Tesla and Netflix last week, which led to the reversal in the NASDAQ. But even the NASDAQ, the fact that it was down last week, look at the weekly chart. It looks phenomenal. Is it due for a pullback? Probably. So Tesla and Netflix seem to have top-ticked it. And this week coming up, we're going to have Meta and a couple other big earnings announcements that probably will affect, you know, um, the market. What do we have? We have Google, Microsoft, and, and Meta next week. So um, we booked our profit in Meta. We owned it early. We sold it last week. We're not going to carry the earnings. We booked our profit in Tesla uh, partially before the news. We always book something in front of earnings. So those of you who are self-directing a portfolio, you can write this down and remember it, put it in your you know, trading book. I have my trading book right back there. I write stuff down, help me remember things. Um, and it would, I think, behoove you tonight to grab a pen and a piece of paper and just jot down some notes. The way we like to execute on our desk, we have to manage risk. When you're self-directing a portfolio, when you've taken on the task of running your own money, you're going to do it yourself. I respect you for that. You have to take on the task of being the risk manager as well as the portfolio manager. See, if you're in a real hedge fund, you're the portfolio manager. And then, you know, right down the hall, you know, um, is uh, at a desk is the risk manager. He's going to call you in and he's going to say to you, what do you think you're doing? Your P&L is X. You have too much exposure to Y. Going to help you figure out how to manage the portfolio. You have to do that yourself as as a self-directed equity portfolio manager. Um, And so what we like to do on our desk, going into an earnings announcement, and this is what I would suggest you jot down, think think about, see if this works for you. When we bought something right, and you can see Tesla down here, we we were buying Tesla in this green box right here as it came across the 50-day moving average, okay? Had a nice big run in the stock. And up here, right before the news, we like to book some of our profit in front of a number. When the stock is up big into earnings, I like to book partial gains before the news comes out. With the exception of an occasional NVIDIA, which just totally blows out the numbers, surprises everybody, the stock's up huge. That's like a one in a hundred type of play. Most of the time, particularly in big cap stocks like this, when they run into the number, they sell off on the news. Even if the news is great. If it's not NVIDIA great, People book profits on it. So I like to book a little bit in front of the news, taking off, managing my risk, um, raising the stop to the low of, of the day. And what we did right here, we have, so this is a daily chart. Now you're looking at an intraday chart over here. And the exit for us was right in here on Tesla, that yellow box right here. So we booked the rest of our profits pretty early in the day after earnings, right around 10 o'clock as it broke below the opening range low. And we said, hey, we had a really great run and we don't need Tesla right now. We'll look for it to pull back, consolidate. And believe you me, when it sets up again, we'll be on it. It'll be the number one chart of the day, maybe, or certainly it'll be stock to watch, stock to buy. And we'll share that with you. But um, right now, out of Tesla, out of Netflix, had a great run in Netflix and did the same thing, sold some in front of the number. So we basically top-ticked the Netflix. Then we sold the rest first thing in the morning, taking our gain from our entry down in here where these green dots are. Okay? So when we saw that happen, we also booked all of our gain in Meta. We just exited the whole thing up here. It's been a pretty big run in Meta, and we decided to book that in front of the earnings. Microsoft's coming out with earnings. Um, looks like a, you know, blowout reversal is in the works here on uh, Microsoft. Something to think about. I don't know where this is going to go. So I ask you to do your own research and think about this. I'm concerned we're in this, um, not a concern, whenever you have a new technology that comes out, you go through a cycle. When it first comes out, it's the honeymoon phase. Everyone loves it. Oh my God, AI everything. Let's buy everything that touches AI. Boom, 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 right? Stock goes up. 
Then the company announces earnings. It can't possibly produce the results people are looking for right now based on AI growth. NVIDIA did. That was amazing. But statistically speaking, that's not going to happen. It's going to take time for them to really grow. And then we read that story this week. If you were with us on the desk, it was something we talked about. Um, and we're live on the desk all, you know, all day sharing this information and talking with uh, Armor Insiders. We're offering a free uh, five-day trial. If you want to join us on the desk and see what it's like, feel free to join us, armorinvesting.com slash trial. And um, we were talking about how the chat GPT-4 of right now is underperforming the chat GPT-4 of March. So something's not right with the algorithm. Um, there's a whole story about it. I think I also just saw it this weekend in Fortune magazine. And so th- this is typical of cycles in a new technology. Lots of excitement, stocks skyrocket, um, lots of anticipation. Then reality sets in, stocks suffer, and coming out of that are generational moves and some of the greatest investments of all time. This is precisely what happened, for instance, in the internet stocks, right? Boom in 2000, bust. As everyone realized, a lot of these companies don't have the ability to make money and they never will. But then, of course, out of that, Amazon, Facebook, Google turn into you know, generational wealth creators. So um, what we want to do is make sure we don't get trapped in these names based on expectations. We want to execute. We want to follow stop strategies. Um, I can't wait to get back in them after they correct and set up again. We use algorithms for that. And like I said, it'll be, you know, a a stock to watch or one of our stocks in focus or one of the stocks that we're buying. And I'll share it with you as I do every, every day that's relevant during the week at 4.05. We talk about it. We do this on Sunday night. So we'll capture it. But right now we're booking profits over there. And um, same thing with Google. If you looked at Google... Uh, last week, just a classic reversal. It tried to gap out and then boom, reversed volume increasing. So um, what's catching money right now? This is where the money's going, okay? The money's going clearly into the Dow. And so what we want to try to do is focus on Dow stocks. Now, those of you who've been following what I'm talking about and going through the videos with me on um, the live streams or or the four o'clock um, um, number one stock chart of the day I'd like to share with you. For the last three or four weeks, all we've been talking about is energy stocks. So let's go through that because money's flowing into industrials, the Dow industrials, energy, commodities. So you're seeing money come out of some of the big cap tech and rotate. We're already there in energy. And one question we have for tonight is how much is too much on energy? Um, we started with uh, um, sharing with you. And so these are some of the stocks we already bought, right? So these are stocks to watch. They're in focus. They're on our desk. Um, We own them cheap. And you know this because I've been doing these videos for you. Down here, we were long um, rig, for instance, at $6.30. We have a video for you. You can find that on our uh, YouTube channel. Hey, by the way, subscribe to the channel if you'd like to get these discussions and this information before the stocks go up, right? So I shared with you at $6.30, we were loading up on rig. The stock, you know, hit a high of like eight and change, you know, almost nine. We were loading up on Diamond Offshore. So the first place we went were the drillers, okay? Around 12 and a half stock, you know, what it hit a high of around 16 and a half right after we shared that with you. The first stock I ever shared with you, I think, was FTI in the energy space. That was back here as it broke out, right? So um, that was around 14 and a half or something like that, popped up to around 18. Um, probably our favorite name has got to be uh, Tidewater. This is another name we shared with you. And you, Again, you can find the track record of this. So if you want to see exactly what I've been sharing and how much money we've been making, it's right there on YouTube. Just go look at the channel and subscribe to make sure you get these updates as it happens. But we were sharing with you um, Tidewater right in here, the green dot. It's like around 46 and a half, and the stock blew out to around 61. So the first thing we did was we went with oil service, OIH. 
right in here where these green bars are, right? We said, okay, service is breaking out first. Then we've um, moved on to the ups, ups, <laughs> I wish I wish XOP, um, the E&P guys. So right in here, we said, geez, you know what? It looks like exploration production is about to break the downtrend. Let's get on some positions there. So RRC is a stock to watch. EQT is a stock um, that's, that's um, these are stocks to buy. We own these stocks, okay? Uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of spreading out. We own a little um, ESPO. This is a silver, silver bow resources could be in play. You might see an acquisition there. So the names we're buying are, are stocks we think could, could be acquired. We think the big guys are going to do the acquisitions. I'm looking at SWN for a potential. I'm going too fast for you. I'll slow down. Just grab a pen and piece of paper, jot these down. So we don't own SWN yet. We're looking at it. CRK, something we might add to the portfolio, Comstock. And then what I shared with you this week, number one stock to watch, and actually for us, it was the number one stock to buy on our desk. We spread out into refining. We bought shares of Valero, and I shared this with you right there on Wednesday. Said, guys, we're buying Valero. It blew out Thursday and Friday. At the same time, I said, hey, guess what? We're also buying H.F. Sinclair. All right, so sometimes I like to buy the big guy and the smaller guy. So Valero, now we're looking at uh, IBD Marketsmith. Valero, um, a $44 billion market cap, right? And then Dino. So so Valero is the institutional favorite. And Dino is a smaller cap name, right? Which is like, what is that, $9.5 billion? $9.5 billion versus $44 billion? Okay, so I like to barbell it that way. One of the smaller ones, one of the bigger ones, we've got uh, um, refiners boxed in. Now, I saw one of you was asking me this question on Stock Twitch. You can find me on Stock Twitch, uh, the Armor Report. You can find me on Twitter, at Brett Rosenthal. You were asking me what I thought about the CVX news and would I be buying um, the XLE types of stocks. You, you could. They haven't broken out yet. Okay, it's early. Here's XLE. But, you know, and so it looks like it's breaking out. XLE looks great. And if you've missed the other names I've been sharing with you and you're, you, you want to get in, but you're a little bit late, you want to be, you know, more conservative with the bigger names, you can. I would just rather invest in the areas that have the best uh, um, fundamental dynamics and companies that I think can be acquired versus the guys doing the acquiring, right? So I'm not a buyer of the big uh, energy stocks, but they look great. And it just validates our thesis that money's flowing into energy. Don't forget, for those of you who are more conservative, hey, here's a stock to watch. Um, these are the pipelines. This is an 8% yield. And we've been buying, just to be clear here, we've been loading up on the pipelines all throughout here. Okay. So um, I'll make that a little sky blue. So all in here, we've been loading up on pipelines. And I think it's very possible by the end of the year, we'll be up over 10% in the pipelines, having collected an 8% yield. That's a fantastic total return. And I like AMLP. There's no K1s there. It's, a, you know, it's an, an ETF. So easy way, easy way to do it limits my risk. All right. So... Um, how much is too much? You're the portfolio manager of your own assets. You got to figure out how much you want in any one particular uh, um, group or sector. I generally have a rule of thumb of 25 to 30% max in any one group or sector. So um, start from there and figure out what fits for you, what works. We've been adding shares uh, of the precious metals again. So as money flows into the Dow, Let's just focus one more time here on stocks in focus, stocks that we're buying on the desk. What else is in the Dow other than energy and industrials? Well, it's the financials, okay? So J.P. Morgan's already broken out along with earnings. I don't own J.P. Morgan, okay? Didn't buy J.P. Morgan. Stock's breaking out. Shared with you all that I thought Charles Schwab was the biggest steal down here. I'm embarrassed to say I don't own it right now. But um, a number of Armour Insiders do. They own it right in that base. It's such a steal. And the stock blew out on earnings. I'm going to find my way in there. I think Schwab, out of all of the regional banks that got whacked on 
um, the banking issues. I think Schwab's a, a no-brainer because it's not really a regional bank. And it got kind of the, the proverbial baby in the bathwater, right? Got thrown out. So I'm looking for my way back into Schwab. And on our desk, this is a virtual hedge fund that you're part of. I ran hedge funds for over a decade. I've been running private capital for over 30 years. And so what I'm sharing with you is how we run professional money. So as a Armor Insider, you're on the desk with me all day. We're trading all day. We're building portfolios together. We have our swing portfolio set up, our investing portfolio set up, and then you determine column A, column B, what makes a portfolio that works for you. So number of insiders have Schwab, and it, looks, it just looks phenomenal. What I'm buying, what I was buying, the number one stock to buy, if you will, uh, from last week, to me, it's got to be Goldman Sachs. Major Dow stock just breaking out. We picked off the stock. You know, I should make this green box a little bit smaller because we were buying. Um, buying. This is the number one stock to buy on our desk. Really, last, really Friday. We were pretty much doing this on Friday. Uh, actually, I take that back. On Thursday. So right in there, we were buying buying uh, uh, Goldman Sachs. That's just a perfect bottoming wedge breakout. And here's the weekly chart. So, wow, wow, it hadn't even started yet. Volume coming in. So when you see money coming out of big cap tech, it's finding its way into big cap financials and big cap energy. There's, there's JP Morgan, okay? So these are the stocks to watch. So as you self-direct your portfolio, you want to figure out how do I allocate? This is where money's flowing. Okay? Um, just to wrap up here, and then I'll get to the Q&A. So feel free to fill up the comment section if you've got questions. We have begun rebuilding our precious metals investments. We bought gold right here on that reversal at 200-day moving average. It's higher. We did the same thing on silver. Sprott, physical gold, and silver. Silver down in here, and it blew out. Okay? And then I think it was early last week, we started to um, build out our our mining stocks. So we picked up a little Agnico Eagle, a little Franco Nevada. These are some stocks to watch for you in the um, precious metals mining space. Wheat and precious metals and royal gold. Boy, those all look really good. Now, there was a bad earnings announcement or bad reaction to the Newmont earnings announcement. I bought it. We got stopped out of it. And honestly, I'm trying to figure out where I want to go with that money. Do I buy it back because I got stopped out, but it reverses? I love doing that. When I get – write this down in your trading book. Write this down in your risk management book. Never be afraid for a stop getting hit. Don't have that feeling in your gut. Oh, I got hit. It's going to go up without me. No, 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 no. The market's trying to tell you something. The best investments you make will never, never come near your stop. They'll just rip higher. You bought it right. They skyrocket. You're killing it. Okay? Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example if you want to go over some more examples. Okay? Um, we bought Schlumberger breaking out of that pennant right there. It just blew out. Right? So my stop started at the low of the bar that I bought. We actually bought it as it broke out. I raised my stop to here. It's nowhere near my stop. It even had already, I raised it up to here now. Right? And it was down with earnings a little bit on Friday. Okay? The best trades never come near your stop. So when you buy something like Newmont and it immediately hits the stop, okay, something's not right. The market's trying to give you information. So I never, I, I'm never upset when a stop is hit. Thank you very much. If the stock hits the stop and reverses and goes back above the high of the day your stop was hit, I'll buy it back if it happens within three days. Because to me, that was a shakeout, a stop run. Because let's be honest, stops are a bit more of an art than a science, okay? So, and other people could find the same location for a stop as me. And who knows? We all have our money out there at the same stop. And the market makers see it, and they run it right through and take us out. Okay. If that happens and it reverses in three days and takes out the high of my bar, I put the trade back on the investment back on, and usually at a bigger position size because the market's telling me something. The shakeout happened, cleaned out the weak holders or cleaned out the stops, 
and then the real buyers came back in, and I get even more enthusiastic. Okay, that usually means the stock's really going to rip. So I'm watching Newmont closely. If it takes out the high of the bar that stopped me, I might put Newmont back in, but I don't know. I'm more comfortable right now in my favorite royalty plays. I think they look better. And they've all stayed above the stop. That's Royal Gold, that's Wheat and Precious Metals, and that's Franco Nevada. So I don't know. I might I might spread it around into those names. Um, that was a lot for you all to uh, digest right now. Why don't we get to a Q&A, and I'll, I'll just wrap up with um, I'll just wrap up with this quick, you know, review of our indexes. What do they look like? So we have our um, innovation. And what I want to do is show you on the weekly level. So before, the, you know, there's a whole bunch of noise out there and a lot of people making predictions. Predictions are a complete waste of time. Most of, most of the predictions are static and we're in a dynamic world. So what's the point of a prediction? But I, I know when the market starts to go up, you just get tons of people telling you how the top is in, the top is in, the top is in. They'll be calling the top in forever, and they'll be wrong forever. When the market finally goes down, they'll say, hey, I told you so. And it's completely worthless information. But in order to combat that noise, okay, because it's going to be all around you in a bull market, it always is, I suggest you look at the weekly charts and make a decision for yourself. Weekly patterns take longer to reverse than one down day. So let's go look at the nine indexes we, we follow and see what it's telling us. These are the innovative stocks, ARC and IBD50. Okay? They, they haven't even started yet. I mean, they're just trying to move, and they had a bad week. Okay, so not, not the end of the world. Just, I mean, just had a quiet week, had a little bit of a reversal week, right? Still in an uptrend. The Dow looks incredible, and that's where we want to focus the stocks to, to buy. The stocks that are in focus on our desk are all going to be Dow type of stocks. Okay, let's um, look at the small cap index. I they haven't even broken out yet. I would love to get on the small cap index in a big way if it comes across those tops right there. And what does that really mean? The small cap index is made up of a lot of small cap banks. Something like 20 to 25 percent of IWM. Small cap financial, big cap financials are going in, in the Dow, and the small cap financials are starting to go. Money's rotated. So I don't know if I have a lot of small cap financials I want to buy, but I'd love to buy twice the performance of the small cap index and get exposure that way. I may do that next week. I don't trade mid cap, but it's fun to look at the mid cap every now and then. This is not one of my nine indexes, but look at how strong mid caps are. Here's the momentum index, still inside the base. We already know the NASDAQ, but here's the equally weighted NASDAQ. Just coming across. That looks beautiful. Talk about the trend is your friend. That looks incredible. Could pull back? Sure. Sure, the market could pull back for a couple weeks. That would be an ideal buying opportunity. And if you, if you really wanted to be you know, honest about the whole thing, just draw your uptrend, Right. As long as we're above that uptrend, what you want to do is book profits when you get you know, to the top of the trend. So pair it back like we did. We sold our Tesla and our Meta and our Netflix. And you want to reload when it comes back down to the trend. Now, if the trend breaks, hey, all bets are off. You raise a bunch of cash. But, but you, you, you can't argue with how good that chart pattern looks. Price action is all. It's not predictions. There's the Dow. It looks great. And here's the equally weighted Dow. Uh, excuse me, the S&P and the equally weighted S&P. I mean, these things are just getting started. And this is our value index. So look at the value index is about to break out. All right. So I'll wrap up right there. Let's wrap up with a picture of the Dow because I think that's the sexiest picture of them all. Okay. And I'll get to your questions. Don't forget big earnings announcements this week in the, in the NASDAQ. Um, Fed meeting this week. So we're carrying cash. We're carrying cash into this week. Nothing wrong with that. In my personal portfolio, the virtual hedge fund I share with you, 
I have a third of my capital that I day trade only. All I do is put it in triple the S&P advantageously. Give you an example of the performance there. Over the last seven weeks of this risk monitor green signal, we're capturing all of the S&P upside with zero overnight risk. Think about that. Our day trading in the S&P is capturing all the S&P upside with zero overnight risk. So we'll keep you up to date on how that performs. But that's where I have a third of my capital. So every night I go to bed with 30% of my capital in cash. Then we have our invest in our swing portfolios. And even those portfolios are carrying cash right about now. Somewhere between 20 and 30% cash there. So we're prepared for a week of volatility and we'd like to take advantage of the downside volatility and reload as long as the uptrend stays intact. Those are my thoughts for you today. I hope you found them helpful. Let's dive into your questions. All right. Uh, Saber, nice to see you, my friend. Hope you're doing well. All right. What is your idea on Bitcoin and its miners? Like, okay. All right. Um, let's, let's take a look at um, Bitcoin. And, and this, is the, this is the biggest. I'm going to just look at the BITO, the, um, the ETF right now. We'll look at that. Okay. So, so something's a little bit off when it comes to um, Bitcoin and, and the miners. Bitcoin itself, see this big update right there? That's the Ripple news. That was the... Oh, I need a drink of water. That was the um, news on Ripple. I think it's Ripple, right? XRP. Yeah. And um, it immediately reversed. So it took out the low of the excitement the very next day. So first of all, that tells you you better be cautious about Bitcoin. Everybody sold that news that was supposed to be so great, turned around and sold the Bitcoin the very next day. So the market's giving you information there about Bitcoin itself. Now, what's going on with the miners is a strange divergence. You can see that the miners took off. You know, Mara being probably the, I don't know, <laughs> if blue chip is the right name, but probably Mara is the blue chip miner, okay? And that just skyrocketed. Um, I think Hive is a really interesting story, not the blue chip uh, um, that, that, that Mara is, but they're doing some interesting things with their NVIDIA GPUs that is worth um, uh, some research. So I'm not going to go over it tonight, but you guys can dig into that. Uh, jot it down, H-I-V-E. I do not own it. Okay, I don't own it. It's not even on my whiteboard because I don't really have an interest in investing in the miners. But if I was to put any money in a miner, it's probably going to be Hive because of what they're doing with their NVIDIA GPUs. Pretty interesting. You can go check out their website and read the story for yourself, see what you think. Um, I, I, I really am concerned when I see divergences. I don't like it. So I don't know exactly what's going on here, um, but I would be cautious. And I've already said, I think if I was to put money, uh, either it's going to be Hive. And if I was to put money I, into the group, I probably would use BLOK and ETF. So I don't get totally destroyed on one stock that I choose that does something crazy. But um that immediate reversal lower in Bitcoin to me is concerning. Now I'll tell you, I'll have, um, you know, I am not a crypto guy. I don't trade crypto. Not my favorite place to put money. Okay. So um, I read a very, you have to be very careful with crypto. It takes belief from everybody around you that it has value, okay? If you want to compare it to, like, say, precious metals, people have agreed that gold has value going back 5,000 years or something, right? It's just it has value, okay? Believing that Bitcoin has value is a lot more delicate because it's new. And when 
The world is awash with cash, which is what happened in 2020. People were throwing money at everything, and it went to the moon. It doesn't mean it has real value. At that time, some poor crypto soul who was a crypto millionaire because he owned crypto and a lot of money flooded into the system and his crypto went to the moon, bought an NFT of the first Jack Dorsey tweet for something like $2.3 million. That was how crazy it got. Now you say to me, NFTs are different than crypto. Okay, I'm just sharing with you how insane the market got with these new assets. 2.3 million for an NFT of Jack Dorsey's first tweet, which is valued at $100 now. $100 or was it a dollar? No, $4. I think somebody's bidding $4 for it from 2.3 million. The guy bought it at 2.3 million and listed it for 48 million. He thought some other sucker would pay 48 million for it. Then as the whole market started to implode, he pretended he'd give half of that to charity. Nobody cared. Now I think the bid's $4. I think that's what it was. So it's just a cautionary tale that, like the tulip craze in the 1600s, or uh, I think it's yeah, 1600s in, in, in uh, um, the Netherlands, when there's a, a break in confidence in a theory, uh, prices can go to ridiculously low levels. Now, I could have said this to you when he paid $2.3 million, and I probably did, and I got a lot of abuse for it, and how stupid am I, and I don't get it, and I'm just an old school guy. And now it's valued at $4. So it's a cautionary tale. And I don't have an interest in investing in these types of things. So you got me off on a tangent there. And I mean, don't, no disrespect to anybody who invests in crypto. Okay? It, it's going to evolve. And there may be an evolution in crypto that I really like. And I'll get on it. I think there's value in blockchain. So if you could find a cryptocurrency attached to a value, I get it. Just think about that NFT cautionary tale and be careful. At the end of the day, to me, there are, every time you invest, you are making a opportunity of cost decision. Do I have this or do I have that? Right? Opportunity cost of money. What's going to go up more? What's my risk versus my reward? So when I do that math, I, I always come up with something I'd rather own than Bitcoin. You can say to me that was wrong when it was 500. I absolutely I should have bought Bitcoin at 500, but it doesn't make me wrong now at 30,000. You understand? So just be be careful. All right, um, UNG and KWeb. Well, I'm not buying uh, UNG, okay? Um, this looks like a bottom that's going on in natural gas. And so when you look at EQT, we're buying the E&P companies that are heavy in, in natural gas. EQT, SBOW, okay, RRC. These are the stocks to buy on our desk. And then I, I think SWN. I think CRK. So I'm buying the E&P companies. And I do think that UNG is, is bottoming. But who knows? I'm not an expert on you know, that gas. Um, KWeb. Uh, um, I, it's interesting. Let's go. Here's the real interesting thing about uh, KWeb. I don't think necessarily KWeb is the way I'd play this. But look at what's going on in the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar um, literally collapsed you know, a few weeks ago. And it recovered a little bit last week. Here's the weekly chart of the U.S. dollar. 
So there's the wedge, and it broke down out of that wedge pretty aggressively. Now we're going to have the Fed meeting this week. So who knows? Maybe the Fed will change the trajectory of the dollar, okay? But it made me ask the question on our desk about, you know, do we want to own emerging markets? EEM is one way to go, and you get China inside of that along with India and a bunch of other emerging markets. Um, I think the India ETF, I think the India is the new China. You know, so the India ETF is outperforming China. So I, I don't know, I kind of lean towards EEM or I lean towards INDA if I wanted to invest in um, emerging markets. But with the breakdown of the dollar, uh, Saber, I do think that um, uh, emerging markets is not a bad idea. Hey, Lena, what's happening? Hey, Lena, sweet green, right? <laughs> we went to sweet green. I saw your comments in the Slack room. I appreciate it. Um, we're going to be doing some research on Sweet Green um, when we get uh, get to our desk tomorrow. I think we want to listen to some conference calls and see if there's anything cooking here in Sweet Green. I love the chart pattern of Sweet Green. Okay, so on Monday we're going to listen to the last earnings announcement and try to figure out what's going to happen to margins. That's the big picture, the big question, and I like what you put into the Slack room. So I appreciate uh, you sharing that information. Your question tonight is. Healthcare had a great weekly candle, um, and and healthcare is another kind of part of the Dow there too. Hologics looks great. Look at the volume came into Hologics. So now I got out my pen and my piece of paper, and I'm writing down what you're asking me um, tonight, Lena. And let's go over this, you know, Monday morning because Hologics looks great, and I do like the story. Look at that. That looks great. Okay, um, I w- I've been on and off uh, our genomic revolution. I want to be back on that as soon as possible. I've been on or off pack bio as it hit the stop, but um, back uh, on pack bio as soon as possible. You know, so I do like the healthcare story, and I don't disagree with you. I think that's uh, healthcare, financials, and um, uh, and energy commodities look pretty good. Medtronics looks great. You've picked out some great charts here. Yeah, I have to do some research to figure out what's my favorite way to go. I know Ares on our desk is um, is uh, has been looking at IHI, which is the medical device ETF. And that looks really good as well. So those are some ideas. Those are some stocks to watch and do some research on. Casey, how you doing, man? Thoughts on double bottom uh, breakout forming on uh... um, Generac? Did I just read a story, Casey, uh, today that the that the um, uh, Biden administration is cutting down on emissions of generators? What what is the story there? And does that negatively affect Generac? I don't know. We have to do some real close looking at that detail. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm on on, on Generac. Nutanix, NTNX, is that what Nutanix is? Yeah, Nutanix. I, I really used to like this idea. I haven't looked at Nutanix in a long time. Um, and, and rightfully so, because it hasn't gone anywhere. But I wonder if I should do some research on that again. I'm going to write that one down. So um, what do we have so far? MDT looks great. Hologics looks great. Uh, NTNX is an interesting story years ago. I haven't done research on it in a long time, but the gap ups with earnings here and here, maybe there's something cooking. So that's something we can do on the live desk, Casey, uh, if you want to drop in and join us. We'll listen to the conference call and see if there's anything going on there. Roper Tech. I don't have any information on that. I don't even know what that company is. So, um, manufacturers, gee, systems, uh, interesting. I don't know. I have to do some work there. Earnings look like they're kind of clipping along at a decent rate. Great looking weekly chart pattern. Why not? Industrial. We're on the industrial story. Hey, I got an idea for you guys before I go to the next question. Someone tell me what's going on in XLU. Utility is in the process of breaking out of a down of a perfect, you know, uh, bottoming wedge. Just broke out above all the key moving averages last week. 
I mean, what does that tell you about the future of interest rates? This week is going to be very, very, very interesting when the Fed comes out and I think raises rates. I don't know. I'm just throwing my proverbial hat in the ring. Fed comes out and raises rates and utilities go up anyway. What do you think? Bull market, guys. I think the Fed's going to raise rates. If, if they, I think if the Fed actually raised rates in, <laughs> this week, I think the market would go up by the end of the week. I really do. I think they'll hit it initially, but if they talk about how they're doing this and blah, 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 there'll be that initial shakeout and then market goes higher because every time they raise rates one more time, the market just anticipates that they're at the end of the rate hike cycle. You know, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, this is why the market looks so good and, and utilities are telling us something. I don't know what yet, but look at the weekly chart of utilities. It's just something's cooking there. So um, moving on. All right. Why do not you buy? Why, why don't I buy Nugget or Jug like we did on socks? Um, um J-N-U-G. Um, very simple, very simple answer to that question. Good question. Good question. Easy answer for me, um, Saber. Um, when it comes to semiconductors, I was looking at and trading the whole space. I think the whole space is going higher. We don't own them right now. We, we got out of that position. We booked a profit on it. Okay. So it was a swing trade. It was in the swing trading portfolio. We're already out right now. All right, because it hit the stop. But I like this wedge here, and I, I, I want to get back on it, and I like to do it by, by owning SOXL because I think it's a group move, okay? The problem, the problem with gold mining companies is political risk. There's no political risk, so to speak. I guess you could argue China. But when I'm buying semiconductors, I'm looking for the whole group. And while I'll buy Marvell because I think that's a unique situation, or I might buy NVIDIA, um, I'm really talking about a group move in semis. There is a political problem for commodities and precious metals in, in specifically where certain countries, whether it be Mexico leaning more socialist, whether it be Peru, Argentina, what have you, that are moving towards nationalizing assets. Partially what the problem is with, with, with uh, Newmont mining. Partially the problem with Pan American silver, right? They've had mines in areas where there's worker strikes, where, where, where they're demanding higher wages, where the government's hinting at nationalizing reserves. And so if you have a mining, I don't want the whole group. I don't want the whole group of miners. I want to pick out, for instance, the um, royalty plays that have royalties on mines all over the place to limit my risk. So if one place blows up, it's not going to kill my company. So I, or I want to own Agni Go Eagle. I want to own maybe um, – here, here's, here's an idea. Here's a small cap idea, but then NFGC, right? newfound gold, right? which is announcing some pretty profound um, discoveries. And this is all, all these things are in North America. So if I'm going to buy miners, I want North America, I want royalties. I don't want all the other stuff that goes inside of these types of uh, um, ETFs you're talking about. Now, that's for investment purposes. You know, if you want to day trade, if you want to try to, swing trade from week to week, the double or the, you know, the double minors or triple minors, whatever, you could certainly do that because my concerns about political risk are more longer term stuff. It's not, you know, where will they be in three weeks? So you certainly could do that, but I'm just more comfortable um, uh, focusing on my favorite names. And let's be honest to bear. Most of my capital is tied up in Sprott physical gold and Sprott physical silver. Because when you have geopolitical, when you have political issues of nationalization and social, uh, socialism of mines, 
that means the price of the metal should go up because the production plummets when governments take over mines. We see that over and over again. Just look at what happened to the production of Venezuelan oil when that country lurched all the way to the left, right? Productions plummeted. <clears throat> That's what happens. So the price of the asset goes up. Anyway, those are my thoughts there. Stan, nice to see you. Um, how far could NVIDIA dip on a normal pullback? Let me say one thing, Stan. Um, this virtual hedge fund trading desk, this live stream that you're enjoying right now, I hope, um, does not deal in predictions of how far down something can go. I haven't the slightest idea. And if you begin listening to anybody on this, if I ever do that, if you listen to anybody else on YouTube, if you're following somebody on Twitter and they're giving you predictions about where something can go down to or up to, turn that right off, brother. Run the other way, man. Run the other way. They're clueless. They haven't the slightest idea what they're talking about. Whenever I talk to you about an idea, right? So what did I do? I came in here and I did a video a couple of weeks ago, you know, on, um, I don't care what you want, which whatever, let's call it Tidewater because it's so much fun, right? So I said to you in here, this is where we're buying it. I didn't give a prediction. I said, we're paying, you know, whatever, 46 and change for it. I didn't predict it was going to go to 60. I don't know where it's going. I'm just saying this is the highest reward versus risk setup. That's what I'm saying. I'm buying Transocean at $6.30. Not because I know it's going almost to nine in a month. I didn't know it was going to go up about 50% in a month. But I knew the reward to risk was right down here. So now you're asking me, where is NVIDIA going? Okay, I, I don't know how big the pullback can be. So our job, I love NVIDIA. I think it should be owned. I can't wait to buy it on the pullback, wherever that is. And hey, don't lock yourself into a pullback. How do I know it has to go down? Right? It's institutions who are accumulating a lot of NVIDIA stock. I don't know how, how strong they are, the kind of hands that are holding it. It might just go sideways for a couple of weeks. And the 50-day moving average will come up to it. A lot of people say it'll come down to the 50. It may, or it may go sideways, and the 50 will come up to it. And I'll be paying right here two or three weeks from now. I don't know. We use algorithms to give us entry points. When I get the next algorithmic entry point on NVIDIA, I'll be putting money to work. I don't care if it happens at 350 or if I'm paying 450 for it. I don't know. When I see it, a high probability entry point, when reward's worth risk, that's when I put capital to work. And I live with the results. I got to stop, put the capital. What's the risk? The risk is my stop, put the capital to work, see if I get paid. That's all any of us can do. Get on the right side of probabilities when reward's worth risk and stop predicting. Hey, how you doing, man? J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. 48th and Broadway. Oh, I miss it. I miss New York. Nice to see you, man. Is it concerning that more defensive sectors went up last week? Not just XLV, but also XLP, the staples, or is it just broadening the market? Um, I'm going to defer to price action is all and not predictions, Lena. Does that chart pattern disturb you? Is it concerning to you that the Dow looks like that? Is it concerning to you that the equally weighted S&P looks like that? Is that concerning? Does that look overextended? Is it concerning that the, that, that, you know, the NASDAQ 100 is just now breaking out? Does that, is that concerning? So my answer is, um, if you want to break it down, um, you know, financials usually, usually go up in a bull market. So financials are breaking out. Um, some of the things like XLU, which I get what you're saying, XLU is defensive, but it's more of an interest rate play. So interest rate, we're in like a weird cycle, Lena. So the, what, you're, what you're asking me, the, the short answer is no, it doesn't concern me. 
the reason is price action is all, and I'm looking at the other indexes, and they're all blowing out. It's not like laggards are going up. It's, it's like major pennant breakouts of things like Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan. Those are bull market stocks. We are in a very strange market right now. So a lot of people making predictions on past correlations are going to be proven wrong. The past correlations, like, like you know, uh, a medical goes up, and utilities go up and the rest of the market goes down. That's a normal economic cycle, perhaps. What we've got right here is massive amounts of liquidity added during a pandemic in 2020. And now the Fed raising rates to try to deal with that while they still shove cash into the system to support the banks. I mean, how could we possibly look at history and make a guess of what's going to happen next? That's why we've got to stay focused on price action is all and just execute what we see and not let the fears of past correlations really change how we execute. If we get stopped out, we get stopped out. We go to cash, you know, um, but I need to keep executing. And, and I, and, and when it comes to XLU, I'm not really afraid of that. That, that to me means rates are at their peak. So if rates are at their peak, I mean, the utilities start going up along with financial stocks. It seems like a bull market to me. That's what it seems like to me so far. And I don't even want to get caught in that prediction, Lena. I'm saying that to you right now tonight. Hey, guess what, guys? By the end of next week, I could be 100% cash. You know why? Because we use the risk monitor. It's green right now, and I'm, I'm telling you my opinion based on the risk monitor right now, which is all about price action. If the risk monitor goes red by the end of next week and I'm massive cash, I'll see you next Sunday and I'll say, hey, guess what? Money's going into utilities and healthcare and staples because the market's about to break down. <laughs> okay? You know what I'm saying? I mean, seriously. It's a reflection of the risk monitor which is all about price action. And right now the risk monitor is green and there's no signs that would suggest anything other than a bull market. If that changes, I'll change with it and I'll be sharing it with you, Lena. Of course, you're on the desk you know, all week with us. So we'll be sharing that. Um, glad, glad we both went to Sweet Green. Looking forward to it. It's going to be great tomorrow. I mean, Took the whole family to Sweet Green so we could figure out what's cooking on this. Hey, no, no pun. In, maybe the pun is intended. I don't know. Maybe I intended that pun. Um, interesting story on Sweet Green. And I'll, we'll leave it on this note, you know, and I'll see you guys tomorrow at 8.45 for the morning meeting. But um, in a bull market, one of my favorite places to put money are new issues. Any company that's come public in the last two years, come public as a hot idea sold off aggressively for six to nine months, get all the insiders selling out of the way, and then they start, their, their business model starts to ramp. That's one of my favorite ways to put money in a bull market. You guys already know we're doing that on things like on holdings. Okay? Um, um, we took all, uh, Confluent off the table. I like Confluent, B-R-Z-E, um, Braze, I like uh, IoT. I keep looking for an entry point. These are companies that are, you know, new new issues with a lot of upside. And if we're in the right bull market, they should be able to run. So um, I will I will leave it on that note, guys. This has been lots of fun. I'm gonna get back to the family now for the rest of my evening, and um, I look forward to uh, working with all of you. Tomorrow, 8.45. Don't forget, you can subscribe to this YouTube channel so you don't miss these discussions. We're going to do our weekly videos, um, our daily videos, 4 o'clock every, uh, almost every day of the week. I share with you the number one stock to watch on our desk or the stock to buy or whatever stock's in focus. I share that with you um, uh, during the week. We do these you know, videos every Sunday. Um, don't forget, we are... Uh, I'm sharing with you a live uh, event, free trial, five days. Join us on the desk, armorinvesting.com forward slash trial. So you can do that if you want to join us as well. 
Uh, any comments you have or any questions you have during the week, go ahead and put them in the comment section. I watch and I'll answer any questions you may have as you think about them during the week. So, um, hey, guys, thanks for spending an hour with me on a Sunday. Much appreciated. I'll see you all next, you know, next week. Have a great weekend. Have a great end of your weekend. All right. Take care, everybody. <laughs>